What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of the Sunday League Streamers Podcast. I'm your host of today's show, Steve McCutcheon, along with my two co-hosts, Vita Anazelli and Michael Nowen. We have another great show for you, but before that, please take a moment, hit the bell, subscribe to us on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, and wherever else you find your podcast. Also, follow us on Twitter at the SL Screamers underscore pod. How are we feeling, fellas? Exhausted. <laughs> Very good. We're Long already talking about this. Long weekend, but yeah. good. Long weekend, a lot of stuff. Yeah, I'm just say I'm just happy to get home safely. Shout out United for fucking up my flight and making me get delayed three hours because of a broken engine. <laughs> oh shit! But you know, I I didn't have stuff to do. It's okay. All right. Well, glad you made it back. Um, I actually <laughs> checked out the Welcome to Rexler uh, show. Finally, Rexler. I, uh, what, what, did, what did you just call it? <laughs> what is it? Rexler. Rexler. Same thing. It's really not the same thing. <laughs> I'm tired too, man. <laughs> Don't act like this is an isolated incident, Steve. <laughs> Rex, we have a lot of document proof. That's definitely not Rexler. a lot of document proof. I gotta get you a fucking. Dictionary there, I get name the... What's up? I gotta get you a dictionary, maybe a thesaurus or something, so you can start using alternative names. Hook on, hook on phonics. Speech, a speech pathologist. <laughs> <laughs> I think I went to speech. I thought I might have went to speech class as a kid. I don't remember. I th- I, th- I think I was one of those guys that got pulled. Did you get out. a refund. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, was it good? good show. Yeah, you guys say, check it out if you have it good? already. Yeah, I want What's to. Up? I was gonna say if it's good, I, I do want to yeah. check it out. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's really, really cool, especially if, for anyone that's listening. If you're just kind of getting into soccer or football, as you know, the other 99 percent of the world calls it. Um it kind of gives you a breakdown of how the Premier League works, just the whole European system between promotion, relegation, mm. you know, why they bought the club, all that kind of stuff. It's actually a really cool story. It's do you think uh, it does? What we wanted to do. do you think it does better than Arsenal's All or Nothing on Amazon? <laughs> no, he's Ryan Reynolds, <laughs> man. I don't know. You, you watch that for comedic purposes as well. <laughs> Ryan Redway, the Welcome to Wrexham or the All or Nothing? The, yeah, the Rectum one. Yeah, that one. The rec- Rectum. <laughs> You purposely <laughs> said that. <laughs> Come on, yes, that was gonna be a joke at this yeah. point. That was, that was the uh, that was a veto joke. I throw I throw it back out there. I'm ready to um, put pause and re-record this. <laughs> should we? No, nah, I'm good. Um, getting getting to that opening is hard enough half the time without stuttering or like having my list come out of nowhere. Um, but yeah, no, definitely check it out. It kind of gives you a good background. Highly recommend it. Um, and truthfully, I think it's gonna. It's gonna rival like Sunderland till I die. It's also on Netflix, another good good show. I think that went two or three seasons. And then um, what was that one with like um, Ryan Giggs and, and Salford City? Ryan Giggs and then League League of their no League, League of, of their, their own. own. Yeah, yeah, pretty called something like that. That one they took off. Though, I'm pretty upset. That was a, that was a good show too, though. I enjoyed it. But kind of gives you a little background on what the clubs are like, especially the ones not in the Premier League level. So yeah. really, really dope thing to check out. Recommend it. Anyway, you guys ready to talk some news and notes? Always, yeah. absolutely. All right, let's head into it. Uh, first off, kind of a little bit of a joking one, I guess, here. But uh, Paul Pogba has a little scandal with his brother going on, a little blackmail action. Yeah, so more or less for anyone unaware of what's happening, Paul's brother, Matthias, that's how you pronounce his name, him and I guess a couple childhood friends are pretty much blackmailing him or attempting to blackmail him uh, by stating they all ex- expose him with a bunch of explosive information, basically stating that he's not necessarily the devout 
I, I guess Muslim that he that he claims to be or something along those lines that he uses witchcraft and witch doctors to put crazy spells like he's in the 1600s in you know Salem Massachusetts onto his teammates um they were asking i think it's about 13 million euros or dollars yeah. or something along those lines uh and I, if i read it correctly it was a million for each year that they protected him <laughs> that's how they, that's how they phrased it um so quite the quite the extortion scheme obviously this has been pushed out to the highest uh media outlets at this point but it's pretty comical to see this see uh it happen right before the world cup and he also kind of claims that he put a spell specifically on mbappe um, so a lot, <laughs> a lot of, uh, interesting things. <laughs> Pretty good spell. He's tearing it up. So <laughs> yeah, really, really worked out well. And Paul, Paul has been injured. So I think this witch doctor is not really working out for him. <laughs> yeah. Reportedly, um, he's already told the authorities that he's already paid out a hundred thousand pounds to this group. Um, recently, I, I think it was, and that Didier Deschamps has been aware of this for a while now. So it doesn't seem like it's been something new rather than, uh, I guess kind of pull behind the curtains for who knows, maybe a couple of years now at this point, realistically, but mm. hopefully it doesn't affect his spot in, in the world cup. That would be, you know, I mean, tragic for that. They, team. they, this team has has a history of it. Kareem Benzema with the yeah. sex tape and that blackmail. I mean, was that Valbuena at the time? Exactly. Like they, <laughs> yeah. they have a history of this. So they iced out Benzema when they could have, I mean, granted, I guess they won the Going world, cup world cups. Like Jesus. Yeah. But you know, luckily France, I guess you could say is, pretty stacked in almost every position and they're one of if not the favorite to win it again so could they would they miss Pogba probably but could they make without do without him probably so yeah Mbappe over Pogba I don't think it's a hard choice very fair maybe Didier has is like a Ted Lasso really in that one episode where you know he break, he breaks the curse like that locker room yeah. or like, or like the uh, the one room that no one can go in the training room or something yeah by the sound of it Pogba would be the one leading it <laughs> like it um we also had a little bit so last time we posted the uh champions league pots were drawn probably like a couple days afterwards um it's kind of heading to the groups any ones that stand out to you specifically um and also just kind of touch upon the premier league clubs and where they stand yeah i mean there, there's the obvious one right the group of death it's it's undoubtedly group c with Bayern, barcelona inter and uh victoria yeah, let's go with that. Um, <laughs> no, try, please. Try for nothing. Victoria Pleasant? Victoria Zen? Yeah, let's go with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, undoubtedly, this is Inter's, like, it feels like since Inter's made it back to the Champions League, they've been in, in a uh, ridiculously difficult group uh, every single season. This is obviously no different. Um, Barcelona is going to be hoping for a little bit of revenge, but I think the headline for me, at least, and is – is uh, strikers returning back to their former clubs. I mean, you're going to have Dortmund and Manchester City in the same group, so you're going to see a Holland return um, to Dortmund, and you're also going to get Lewandowski back to Bayern Munich in this time around. So it's going to be a lot of interesting matches for nostalgic purposes as well as just incredible matches. Mm. I would, I mean, <clears throat> definitely a good group. C stands out. Honestly, I think the most underrated out of all of them, probably going to be the most competitive, Group A. Ajax, Liverpool, Napoli, and Rangers – Oof, man, there is not going to be a single easy game. Rangers are no slouches either. Van Bronckhorst, I was actually watching them when they qualified, obviously because they have Malik on there and James Sands, and they honestly looked really good. And I think on their day, they could easily steal a point here or there from a team like Napoli, steal a point here or there from Ajax, you know, depending on now that Ten Hag's gone, who knows what that team's going to be like. 
So I think that group is going to be unbelievably fun to watch in particular. Yeah, it's, it's, I'm with, I think I'm with you guys, yeah. most groups, um, I mean, just like every year, right, you kind of expect the first two teams to qualify for the most part. Is there anything that's like kind of jumping out at you as a dark horse to make it out of the group stage that maybe most people aren't expecting of? Because dark group B, for instance, team. is totally open. Like Tottenham is expected to go through the number one spot, but between Sporting, Marseille, and Eintracht Frankfurt, who won the Europa League last year, um, like there's there's a lot of difficult matchups for the number two to get out. Like, even in Group E, you know, AC Milan, Chelsea, RB Salzburg, and Dynamo Zagreb. Like not none of those teams are slouches either. Like who do you, who do you think is going to make it out that most people aren't expecting? Um, I think Fika in Group H maybe like over uh, over Juventus. Very possible. Yeah. I think you could see a run from Leverkusen in Group B. I think that could be a team as a dark horse team because they, they were pretty good in the Bundesliga last year, and they had Florian Wirtz, who was injured midway through, and he should be back at full steam. And that kid is I, – I know this is obviously an English Premier League podcast, but from a just talent perspective, that kid is unbelievable. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if you see his name linked eventually in the next year or so to some bigger clubs. But – Bayern Leverkusen, hundred percent. Yep. Any uh, any of the, I mean, Group A we covered with Liverpool in there. Chelsea Group E, it's kind of wide open. Easily could uh, uh, lose some points to maybe Salzburg. Do, uh, does Chelsea always get like paired up with Zagreb, uh, Dynamo Zagreb? I feel like they always do. <laughs> it feels no? like they travel to Eastern Europe pretty frequently. Yeah, every year. Right. <laughs> it's kind of weird. Um, Tottenham. I don't want to say they got an easy draw in terms of maybe like. Oh, they got the easiest draw by out of all the teams and the. That I they mean, could have yes gotten. and no, though. Like Sporting Marseille and Frankfurt, they aren't like they're not slouches they're, in any uh, sense. They're, they're not, but they're there should be. They should get through. Doesn't mean they yes. will, but no, absolutely, yeah. They, they they should on paper, but then you look at the other the squads. I'm like, I, I don't yeah. know. Any given day, I, they they could easily get points taken off of them. So, um, well, City would probably be the only one. Maybe the best walkthrough. I don't. Sevilla lost a bunch of players, didn't they? Yeah, duels uh, in their back. In their back, like lost Kunde. They're losing Ocampos. It's reported he's going to Ajax. Actually, um, that too, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, in Copenhagen, you know, God bless him. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, no nine nils for them. So, but we'll come back to that. Obviously, when Champions League is going on, uh, we see the matches. They'll they'll definitely be in our conversations throughout the year. So. Check us out for that one as well. Um, heading back to the Premier League. First manager, Gonzo, boys. We had it after four match weeks. Called Mr. it. Scott Parker. Called it. Takes the crown. <laughs> you had him. I knew I knew one of us did. I forgot who it was. It was you. Yeah, I, I didn't think it'd be this early. I think it's a little unjust, to be frank, given the teams that he's played. Like, he had to play Arsenal. He had to play Liverpool. City he had to play Liverpool. City. I mean, that's just totally fucked like what did you expect him to, to win any of those games of the Bournemouth squad no the only winnable game he won that, yeah. that was the weird part uh, exactly so like he, he's doing what he can do and he's not even in the relegation zone if I'm not mistaken Bournemouth's not not even there no no yeah, so I, I mean you I feel like again I, I love Scott Parker what he's done as a, as a Spurs player as a coach I'm not necessarily sold on him I think he's a little pragmatic in his tactics uh, especially when he gets teams promoted from the championship to the prem but i mean to get rid of him in, in august oh man i mean <laughs> dude you're right like, didn't even make september <laughs> like oh 
God, yeah. what terrible I, owners. I think they didn't, they about, didn't even back them up. They didn't back no, them up all summer. But it's less about the results than it is the nature of How their work. play during those matches. I mean, like a yeah. 9-0 scoreline. Like that's I, – I agree. I think it was a little bit preemptive, like a little too early, but – how many times have we talked about managers not getting the sack early enough and not having enough time for teams to recover if they want to have a chance? Because, Mike, they are in the relegation zone right now. Who do you um, bring in? Who do you, who do you bring in to replace them? Oh, I, I have no idea at this point. They can bring in an interim manager. Nothing's going to change. I mean, the, unfortunately for Burnmouth, I just don't know if the quality is there to stay up at all. I, I mean, I pretty much have them finishing bottom of the table at this point. Well, I had them oh, at yeah, the beginning of the season. Yeah. <laughs> Their negative 14 goal difference is 10 higher than the closest team to them. Already. Wow. Holy. Well, I mean, they lost 9-0. I mean, what do you expect? You know? (laughs) Yeah. So, so like Mike brought up though, like they play top, like top talent, like team wise, right. They play three top four teams that we're all predicting are going to be in there. And you know, the eventual one of the two league champions. Um, Also at the same time with Vito, like with you mentioning, they looked bad in those three games. And I mean, like not even competitive in the remote sense, like, you you can take. I'm not saying this happens. Like Wolves is underneath them right now, and so is Leicester. If you put Wolves up against Arsenal, Liverpool, Man City, I'm not saying they win any of the three. They might grab a few points off of one of them, you know, with the draw or something like that. But they're going to look in the game. They're not going to drop. They're not going to get sure. a nine piece drop. Out. They'll have a game plan. Yeah, they'll have structure. So from that perspective, yes, I do understand. I do understand the sacking. I definitely do. I just I would have liked to have seen him go another month. And, you know, play more team. Because, listen, the only team they beat was Aston Villa opening day at home, right? Aston Villa is two spots ahead of them right now just on goal differential. It's obviously what we just talked about. What if he got to play like a Forest or an Everton, a West Ham that's down there right now? And, like, wh- what if he gets results off them? Exactly. That's that's my point. You should wait. You're not competing for a title. You're not competing for a Europe. Like, if, if he's able to get the points about the teams around them the most, like, going to be around them the most and they're stealing from them, that's, that's weird. But, again... Higher, higher, what? Higher, slow, fire fast. That's really the motto. There should be. Yeah, it, it uh, definitely was a panic move by the board, looking around and seeing Fulham performing the way they are at the beginning of the season, which we, was I, I expected coming into it. Mitrovic um, is playing out of his mind, and seeing him yeah. nodding as far as pickup points, like against you know one, one and two for the most part, and playing fairly well even against a team like Spurs. So I think it's it's it was a panic move, but I understand at the same time. Yeah, it's it's it, it's a weird one, but. I don't know. Who's I, next? Who's next to go? <laughs> Frank. Well, I think me. I think yeah, me. I think me and Vito had both had Frankie uh, down yeah. for that one. So. I, th- I think they roll with Frankie. I think he goes eventually. But I'm feeling after Rogers after, after after seeing the some of the stats from one of these Villa accounts, I'm gonna have to go Steven Gerrard at some point. I think he could be next, depending on statistically what happens with him, because it does not look too bright. We'll see. They spend a lot of money and they don't look good. No. Yeah. Pretty big game coming up against Arsenal tomorrow or today by the time this releases. Yeah, yeah I'm 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 gonna go Rogers with Leicester. They look horrendous as well. I mean, we'll get into the Chelsea game, how they you know they lost to a 10-man team. But um yeah, I don't think he's got much, you know, a lot of people backing him currently right now. Yep. Heading over to some transfers. Um, I don't know if it's exactly confirmed yet. I know pretty much every report says it's basically just imminent. Anthony over to Man U saw about 106 million. That's stupid money for yeah. for someone who's I, I I don't know that's ridiculous. <laughs> the real winners here I actually read into it. He had a sell on clause from this team over in Brazil. I forget who he played for, 
um, they actually get twenty percent of the profits off off this Ooh. sale. So I think they're gonna be making. I think they're gonna be making like double what they sold him for because of it. Oof! Wow. There you no. go. Props to them. Good job. Um, who else we got here? Lucas Paqueta uh, to West Ham for forty-seven million. Great sign. Um, honestly, don't know too much about him. So, I don't, do you guys have? Uh, he's, he's great in the midfield. He's exactly what they need from a creative perspective. So that way, it's not just Declan Rice rolling with the ball. So, gotcha. Uh, Renan Lodi left back um, on loan to Nottingham. They didn't buy this one, but he just <laughs> transferred in here. Surprising. So, what, what are we? What are we up to? Seventeen, eighteen. They gonna hit? Are they gonna hit the twenty mark by deadline day? That would. I mean, he might. I mean, who knows? Impressive. <laughs> a total overhaul. Damn. <laughs> Almost two full squads in one window. That's that. that that's some business. Um, Neil Malpay uh, over to Everton, nineteen million. Looked like to be to be reported. With their striking issues, with Calvin Louis also hurt, I think it's a pretty good signing for them. I'm not saying he's going to win not, in the league or bring him to Europe, but when he's he out keeps, and they need something up there, keeps him up. If he keeps him up, then that's a great signing. Nineteen million to keep you up, sure. Yeah. Proven, proven in the sense as a Premier League striker, like you know what you get with him, you will get at least eight to ten goals out of him. I think so. And they desperately need it. So at this point, it's it's more of a cause for like, hey, we really don't have another choice here. Calvert Lewin is not reliable in terms of fitness. So, I mean, the stage you have to do what you have to do. I mean, if you even if you wasted nineteen million dollars and Malpay gets injured, at least you took a shot at, at replacing someone who you know is not coming back for a while. Mm-hmm. No, I one hundred percent agree. They, they need they need something up front. Their uh, Ron Dom is not the answer. Yeah, um, he go Huang to Forest as well, four and a half million dollars. Um, sign number nineteen looks like so they're one one away. And then uh, the other big money move was uh, for Newcastle. He couldn't play this past weekend, unfortunately, because the work permit didn't come in in time. But Alexander Isaac, Isaac, I'm not going to say Isak, Isak. Uh, for $79 million. That's their first, like, besides Bruno, that's like their biggest cash spend. Yeah. That's right. their biggest transfer of all time. Yeah. yeah. It's a record signing for them. That's um, a great move, bad move. I mean, obviously, he's done, he's done well, decent. I, th- and, I mean, um, he's he's the number nine for Sweden. He's he is the now and future number nine for Sweden. Um, technically on the ball, he's very adept with his holdup play, um, and he's going to do a great job linking between like the midfield with Bruno, bringing in players like Saint Maximin and Alberon, who are going to be making those consistent runs. Um, honestly, I think it's a, a very clever signing for them. So he's yeah, I yeah, agree. I think they overpaid. I think they're in the same boat that United's in. They needed someone. That to come in and do that for them, but I think they both overpaid big time. I mean, they pretty much Newcastle basically paid for a 2020-2021 season where he played 34 matches and scored 17 goals. Last season's return was not where it needed to be. 32 matches, only six goals and two assists. Um, $80 million for the price tag for that is quite a bit of money knowing that he didn't have a great track record even leading up to that one breakout season. And I feel it's the same way with Anthony. Anthony played 23 matches in the Dutch league last year and scored eight goals and four assists. So like 12 goal contributions isn't bad, but you're talking about coming to the Premier League at this point and he's not ter- he wasn't tearing it up over there. So even 110 million for that is a lot to me. I think they both overpaid uh, by a considerable amount. I mean, you're paying yeah, 70 I mean, plus million for any player. You have to expect they come in and are just an instant game changer. Like it's there's no you you don't have yeah. time to settle. You, yeah. you, you got you got paid the money. That's it. Yeah, like you have to be an instant game changer. Yeah. So, I mean, that's how we feel about players like Rashford. That's how we feel about players like Grealish, where we think, yeah, they'll come good eventually. But right now, like, 
the target's on their back. Like it's put up or shut up. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. And for everyone that's you know, like I said, new to the podcast or just you know just tuning in, doesn't really know how the transfer window works exactly. Um, you give them basically two months in the summer. Obviously, the later you get into the window, coming to towards the deadline day, if you're going to be stealing one of the team's best players, they don't have a replacement for. You're obviously going to be overpaying for that player just because they don't have another option at the same time. So you have to kind of you know make up for that as well. So yeah. Also, it's Man U. It's also a Premier League premium, man. Their Premier yeah. League has paid more for every. I think it's all the leagues combined outside the Premier League. They've even exceeded that number of money spent on transfers. So oh, they're they're paying document. serious dough. We're, we're literally watching the formation of a Super League in front of our eyes. In all fairness, there's only three teams, four teams outside of the Premier League that can really afford it. So it's PSG, Real Madrid, Barcelona, and Bayern Munich. I mean, Atletico Madrid could flex the muscles every now and again. But, I mean, for the most part, you're not going to see Dortmund or Juventus or any of the uh, the Milan teams going out and spending that cash. Typically. So we just have Saudi oil money around here. Helps out. Well, Barcelona's pulling money out of their ass at this point. So it's possible they're out. They're, they're using Monopoly money at this point. <laughs> I, I think Laporte is paying for players himself. Yeah. Like, I think, didn't he put up a personal guarantee or something? Like, fucking, he's, he's on the hook for it. Yeah, he's like selling his kidneys at this point. Like, it's ridiculous. Hey, black market, you probably fetch a good amount of money yeah. on those. All right, let's head over to some uh, some U.S. United States men's national team talk, stars and stripes section. Um, guys, our number nine's balled out again. Mm. Third straight week of happening. Um, first off, Josh Sargent again, 90 minutes played, a goal, man of the match performance, 81% passing, foul three times, and created two chances. Um, he did play a midweek match where we were recording on a Tuesday, so it'll be out tomorrow on Wednesday. Um, he didn't score in that one, so his streak did end, unfortunately. So, spoiler alert. But um, was that three or four straight games with a goal? I think he had four goals out of the three games. Yeah. He's doing everything he can to reinstate himself into the uh, the squad. Yeah, he's he's playing well. So it's good to see that. Dominant at that championship level. Um, Haji Wright, 90 minutes, played two goals again, 80% passing and three successful dribbles. Do you think he has a legit chance of making the roster? He obviously came on late um for a qualifier. I don't know. He wasn't in qualifiers, right? He just came in that camp at the end of um in June. Yeah, I'd like him to, but unfortunately, I think Greg has made his mind already. Made his with, decisions. With who? I mean, obviously Jesus. Um and probably P folk realistically. Um would be number one and two. But I mean, really he's gonna bring a third because realistically two and three are up for grabs. I think it's gonna be Haji and P folk. I'd prefer to see Haji P folk and Jesus. But I don't know. It's Josh Sarge is going to run for his money. Unless Haji cools out and Josh keeps going, I think Haji ends up with the final spot. Maybe. You I think, think so. I think depending on how – I think Malik can play that, like, weird hybrid role as a striker as well, and that might be where that spot goes is for someone like Malik to come in. Don't, don't forget, too, we also have, was it, three extra roster spots as well. So, I mean, yeah. they could just bring some extra forwards on, on and just, you know, depth on the wing. I wouldn't be shocked if Sargent got on, not not necessarily as a striker, but someone that could play on the right wing or something like that. God forbid we had some injuries or suspensions. Um, so, he's done he's done that for Norwich as well at the right mid position, right wing. But I think lately, though, with all, the, with all the goals he's scoring, he's playing in that Pookie role, right, the number nine? He is. Yeah, he is. Right? Is Pookie hurt, or is he just kind of like taking the spot from him a little bit? Taking the spotlight. From my Love knowledge, Boogie's a great player. Boogie's a great player. Good for you, Joshy. 
Um, heading over to MLS, Brandon Vasquez, 82 minutes played, another goal, 76% passing, and four duels won. He's, for anyone unaware, he's a new hot name on the list for United States men's national team striker, dual national with, I think, Mexico as well. Right? I believe so. Okay, cool. I think he is. We'll go with that. We'll go with Mexico. Please don't fact check. Um, <laughs> would love to see him in, in the camp coming up. I don't know if it'll be enough to actually get him into the World Cup by any means, but what is it, 17 goals now in MLS this year? Yeah. I don't have the number in front of me. Is About that, that, yeah. Give or take. Um, I, I Kind of like the Hodges situation, I think he's just too late. I want him in this next camp, and I also want him in the first one in 2023. Yeah, he's not – unfortunately, he's not on the plane. Yeah, sorry. Uh, honorable mention, Cameron Carter-Vickers, another clean sheet, 9-0 as well. So that's a pretty big scoreline lately. Uh, oh, P. Right. Folk with an assist. He got over his little knock that he had, so that's good to see. McKenzie uh, with the 4-0 clean sheet for Gank. Miazga with another goal. Musa played great, had an absolute rifle that got called off, unfortunately, to a foul in the buildup. Bullshit. Sorry, bud. Um, so I'm going to give him that goal because that's how nice it was. He deserves it. <laughs> I don't think that's how it works, but, yes, it nah, was, it was my, a very nice rip. In my mind. <laughs> Listen, it's like it's like a running back and like well, in fantasy you don't get, it, but it's like like a running back in like a twenty-eight, thirty-yard run or something like that, and then there's some crap holding call. He yeah. really ran for twenty-eight yards, but you know he just doesn't get credit for it. So, in, on paper, in my mind, it's there. Um, we kind of already discussed the strikers who you want to see as your number nines. I'm kind of with Vito on that one. I I would love to see Jesus, Haji, and P folk, um, whatever order you want to put them in. I think they all bring a little something different to the game. So, personal opinion, that's pretty much it. Um, a little goalkeeper controversy. I don't know if you guys saw this or not. Stefan, to my knowledge, was completely dropped from the squad with the way he was playing. Yeah, they they literally yanked him out of the squad. I mean, he was he was being he was atrocious. I mean, there's no two ways of putting it. Um, I was doing a, I was like looking at some of the fanfare Twitter, as well as the other people's you know public reaction. And everyone was like, finally, essentially, you know. I mean, he hasn't been playing well for a while. I mean, even when he was getting opportunities at City in the odd FA Cup matches or EFL Cup matches, I mean, he wasn't. He wasn't playing well when they got knocked out last year. I'm pretty sure it was his mistake that that led to the one Oh scoreline for city getting, getting it was. out. It so was. yeah, it's, it's not, it's not surprising that he's getting dropped after those performances It's more so surprising that he's putting in this level of performances. He got this move so he can earn valuable playing time and gain a little bit more of experience because he's already 27 years old. Um, it's crazy. And it's, it's going atrociously. It's, it's, I mean, you're talking about potentially if this continues, Middlebrough sending him back early because they're, they're like, what's the point? You know what I mean? Why are we going to pay for someone never going to play? Very fair. I mean, it, I think we all kind of thought Turner was probably the guy heading into the World Cup, probably maybe before the summer. And yeah. now it's feeling like it's solidified. It's a guarantee. It's it's solidified. Yeah. Even even though he's not playing, like he he upgrade he upgraded squads, didn't play, and now he's still going to be it just because Stefan pooped the pants. There's there's a real chance that he's moved to three behind Horvath. Horvath. I think it's a I bit of a stretch. I think, I, yeah, I don't, but, I don't know about that. Listen, sure. we'll put in some bold bold take segments. I like it, but a little let's bit just hope Turner stays healthy. Let's just let's just stay there. Yeah, at this point, yeah, because goalkeeper like historically for the U.S always spot on like if we had one spot to feel like we're good like i don't like i'm confident like timmy howard back there 16 saves against belgium should have had to make that many but like 
damn sure he did. Like, I'm, I'm happy. <laughs> yeah. So, a little bit different on our squad this year. Um, Destaman U looking pretty eminent there. A lot of talk in his camps. Obviously, Barcelona and Xavi do not want him. Um, thoughts on him going there? Um, like, like we kind of talked about prior, I think the only reason I would be cool with it is because Ten Hag has worked with him directly. So I would be okay with that. It would be his position because Juan Basaka is, is not it. He's got Diego Dalad is, I don't think he's it. So I think Dest and that team would probably do pretty well. So I think only as long as Ten Hag is there, I'd want him there. I think it'd be a cool mis- I think it's a mistake. I understand the fact Ten Hag wanted to play with wants to <laughs> had to play with him before, right? And he understands his style and he thinks he's sliding well. But given the type of player that Dest is, I think he's more suited to a league like the Bundesliga or like uh, La Liga or even Ligue 1. Given that he's much more of a technical bombarding forward wing back than he is a physical player. I mean, he's five foot nine, and I know size means nothing like a player like Messi, but you're talking about someone like him coming into the Premier League that that wants to go forward and as well as he can defend, he's gonna get bullied back there. I mean, I mean you see what, what happens with I was gonna say, look at Lissandra though. Lissandra is doing really well for his size. He's a ferocious animal back there. He's like, much he's bigger ter- though. Lissandro Martinez. I, I just think his play style, the way the way that Dest likes to play, is is more suited to a technical league rather than a physical league like the Premier League. I mean, yeah, he's not he's not a Reese James in terms of size. I like hundred yeah. percent, absolutely. I don't think he's gonna um, be terrible, but I just think it's not ideal. I'm I'm with Mike as long as Ten Hags or Ten Hogs in um is the manager for the squad. I'm okay with the transfer. It makes sense, right? He's had, he has plenty of experience with him, and he does like him. There's a reason he's bringing him in um, specifically. So I'm good with it for currently. I obviously don't like the way Manu's just shaping up, like in general as a club. But, you know, they're going through a little transmission period. Um, John Brooks, transfer news potentially uh, to Mallorca. Mallorca. Blah, 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 blah. Mallorca. Mallorca. Go with that one. Yeah. I don't know the tongue twister. Might be the white claw. I don't know. We'll go with that. Um, thoughts on this? I mean, he needs a club in general. Not even just sure. for the World Cup. Yeah. We obviously know he's not Perfect. on the roster. At this point, just sign a fucking contract. <laughs> <laughs> like, get on the field, homie. <laughs> All I'm going to say is if you've never seen pictures of Mallorca, go check yeah, it out. Yeah. He's going on vacation. It is gorgeous there. It's like a Bahamas. It's fucking unbelievable, okay? So yeah, I, I think any, everyone should be striving to get a transfer there. So I, get, I have a question. Speaking of center backs who might have been frozen out, Given some re- of Fulham's recent performances, I knew, you, I knew you're going there. Like you said that, yeah. Yes. What do you guys think? Of, what are your thoughts on Tim Ream? Maybe get a call up. He should be starting. He absolutely should be starting. Not only, only is the synergy. Say, Sorry, go ahead, Steve. No, I was gonna say the only reason I'm gonna say no and just kind of like contradict you a little bit is the big reason John Brooks was left off the squad and has not been called back in was we play a high line, or Greg wants to, doesn't have the pace to keep up with it. I don't think Reem does it either. Fulham plays a little farther back. Him and Jetty, I, listen, the partnership there, I would absolutely love to have that. I think that's yeah. a smart idea to have. Definitely agree with it. He doesn't fit the way Greg needs to play or Greg wants to play, and that's the only reason why I'm going to say no. Yeah, Do I, mean, I think he probably deserves a roster spot at this point? Probably, yeah. I mean, he's a Premier League playing center back, and Fulham's doing damn good right now. And, he, he, and him and Jetty are a great reason why they're up. Yeah. Look, the guy's going to be 35 by the time the World Cup comes. He only has 57 pace on FIFA 22. Let's just keep that in mind, okay? So that's a problem to Steve's point. But 
I think he's needs. Did, did you just look that up, or did you... I just I, no, I, I looked it up. I looked it up. <laughs> I know every stat from every player in Molson. What are you like the Rain Man of like pace and like? FIFA? <laughs> I've him twenty well, times that, this year. Anyone that's played Ultimate Team knows pace is king. So pretty critical. But no, I, I still think he needs to be in that squad. I mean, the synergy between him and and Robinson, and I mean, you can say what you want. I don't, I don't care what Greg's tactics are in the sense of wanting to push the back line forward. I understand that's an idealistic nature, but if you want to go deep into this tournament, let's face the facts. The United States is not going to work a high line against the better teams when they get to that point. Oh, if get to absolutely that point. not. So I, th- I think that reasoning is a, in my head. If that's if that's Greg's level of thinking is a little flawed, um, because at at a certain point, I think the synergy between Jedi and him just completely overshadows any other concern that you're going to have. I think he's smart back there. He's, he's positionally fantastic. He's a veteran leader. I think having him in that squad makes him better all around. I'm going to be honest. This is like a total, uh, total little thing, but if we had him and Walker Zimmerman in the back as our two center backs, we'd have the best man buns in the game out of any team in the world. (laughs) (laughs) The halftime coffee breaks would be unbelievable. (laughs) <laughs> I don't want a frappuccino. <laughs> Make a little hearts in there, the cream or the froth, whatever the hell it's called. For, forget Bluetooth. They're playing vinyls on, on the lawn. <laughs> <laughs> Who brought the vinyl? Oh, walking. Yeah. <laughs> I picture him like walking, you know, those like old school 20s, like the big horn, like the curl. Yeah. Stop. I uh, picture yeah, that. Yeah. Anyway. Little boom box on his shoulder when they walk yeah. by. Really do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, last thing I want to touch upon real quick for you on the United States men's national team standpoint, um, obviously Pulisic, um, listen, the loan move that he wanted to tra- like just transfer out even for the time being got blocked by Boley. He's also being blocked from playing time by Tuchel. Um, like I said, we're recording this on Tuesday. So they had a match today. They lost two one to Southampton. He didn't go over to the away fans and clap. He didn't look good I'm not either. saying that was the right thing to move to do. But I'm also saying his frustration feels completely justified. I don't think so. I don't think at all. No? No, he signed a contract to play with the club. You honor your contract. If the club wants you to stay because of depth options, they really don't have a first-choice winger for the most part outside of Raheem Sterling. Let's be honest, Ziyech got minutes today. He's getting minutes every game. I know they're not a lot of minutes. I understand that. But he's done literally nothing every time he's come in. He looked atrocious. He got he got 35, almost 40 minutes today, and he did literally he played a right wing back. What's up? He had a right wing. He picked up the ball. He had he had room to travel, and he didn't he didn't make any success. He didn't feel like he made make successful dribbles. It didn't feel like he made the correct decisions a lot because his heart his heart's not in it. He's he's playing for a manager who doesn't want him, and he doesn't have the ability to even play in his preferred position. I you give him the opportunity to have a run of four games. I guarantee you, you, that's at left wing. Guarantee you, he's putting up more than what Havertz and Mount has put up so far. He he played he so he played eight matches. Havertz is garbage right now. Havertz he played eight trash. matches at left wing last year. I think he started in eight matches. Four goals, two assists. Give the guy some games at the right position. Yeah. That's it. I, and you see what happens. And if he sucks after that, by all means, bench his ass. Yeah. But don't I, give I him was, 15 I was speaking here. more so to his attitude. Like the clapping to the away fans and everything like that. I, I don't I don't appreciate that in any player, regardless of the fact that it's Pulisic at this time. You know what I mean? Like you want a low move, I understand. But the club said, look, we want you to stay. This is what's happening. And, and there's a certain level of professionalism. The fans aren't behind that. I understand the media roasts him. So that's another story. But um, that's that's that irked me a little bit. Mm-hmm. I, I agree up to a point. It's, it's just 
in any in any sense of the word fairness, he's he's getting the biggest like like he gets 15 minutes here on a sub appearance. Let's just say the first game, 20 or 25 minutes when they're down a man against Leeds. Great, not like useless. Not in what kind of game time is that? Comes in today, let's say 35, 40 minutes at right wing back. Never probably played the position his entire life, and he's been doing it on professional. Like it just doesn't. Yeah, I get I mean, it. I also I, understand I, it from Tuchel. I, I understand it from Tuchel's perspective as well. You have a Chelsea side that's obviously floundering and is expected expected to for the remainder of the season. You don't have time to give someone four games to, that potentially not produce. Like if you get a start, you need to make the most of it that start. That's why Loftus Cheek got back into the squad after the performance that he put in against Spurs. It was his first opportunity. Came out swinging. Tuchel yanked him at halftime. Granted, I think he had a little bit of a knee knock for the most part, but you have to take those opportunities when they come, no matter what the minutes are. And he hasn't taken it yet. I do agree. He should get some time in the left wing. You're playing him out of position. I totally understand that. But the fact remains, he still hasn't really shown much in two or three years. He's hasn't broken 10 goals. He hasn't broken five assists in a season for the most part. I don't think. So you have to take that into account too. His track record doesn't back him up for the, for the club either. It's fair. Hasn't got a lot, hasn't got enough consistent game time, so I will, yeah. I'll counter you. Quite often. But <laughs> look, we'll, yeah. we'll 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 end it there. But my whole yeah. thing is with this. Havertz, as you mentioned, sucks. Mount Terrible. sucked right. Now. Terrible. Mm. Honestly, Why, if, if 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 Pulisic put up those four game performances like they did for ninety minutes, he wouldn't see the field for three months. Yeah, he'd be injured. <laughs> okay. Well, that too. That too. So, Honestly, God, God, stay healthy. Before we walk away from the U.S. I guess uh, talk. We didn't mention it, but in today's game too, Aronson assist as well. Yep. I, want to, I want to call that out. He's playing like a man on fire. Yeah, yeah. Him and Adams. So great move. Might, Leeds. Be, the, might be the best left winger the United States has. I don't know. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> the moment. Might be. Would you be shocked? Honest to God, would you be shocked if Greg started him over Pulisic? No. I'd be shocked if you start him over Pulisic. I'd be shocked if the reason being that Pulisic was not going to slide in behind the number nine and play kind of that Geo Reyna role instead. I don't think he starts over Pulisic, but I can see him taking that position. Cool. Just one. Just a cool question. Yeah. I'm just curious. All right. Let's head over to our weekly recap from the uh, Premier League games over the past weekend. Start us off Saturday morning, bright and early for you guys, 4.30 in the morning for you, 7.30 for me. Uh, Man U 1-0 away at Southampton ends their losing streak, or away losing streak, I should say. <laughs> Justified or not, McTominay on that one play had like four handballs on the box. <laughs> back was turned, back was turned, couldn't see the ball, so let's give him a little credit here. Um, they, looked, they looked like they kind of deserved three points for a decent portion of that game, although Southampton after the goal absolutely dominated. Thought they did deserve, you know, possibly getting one back, but Listen, it won me a lot of money, so I'm not going to bitch about it. <laughs> How much did you win? Uh, it was a parlay between Man U, Chelsea, Man City, and Liverpool. Uh, 50 to win. Uh, I was at 160, I think, so I walked away with 210 total. Oh, look at you. Clean it up. <laughs> nice little nice – yeah, it, wasn't, it, it wasn't a bad one. Yeah, thanks. Props to FanDuel. Appreciate you. Bankrupt you later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But what did you guys think of that one? Did you, did you watch the highlights or anything? I know obviously we're up at 4.30 in the morning. Yeah, I watched a little bit, um, and I, I agree with what you said for the most part. I, I think that all is kind of my sentiment towards the game, given the the extended like twenty minute highlights I watched. It was a beautiful volley by um, by Bruce. Oh, goal not opening the scoring. Yeah. Um, but I I would definitely agree. It, it felt like a game that both teams probably deserved a little bit of something from, and Man United did it definitely had a little bit of fortune. 
but they earned the goal when when they took their chance. So I, you can't be too disappointed with it. From a Southampton perspective, disappointing, obviously, not to even pick up a point, but they have to be very confident with the performances they're putting in. Um, I mean, we'll talk about it later, but even the result today against Chelsea, this is a team that right now could have upwards up 10 points and, and be sniffing the top four at this moment in time. So um, I think a lot of people that's wrote Southampton off, and yeah, I was surprising. one of them. Yeah. yeah, so uh, very well done by that by that club, and and like, at this point, just hope they can keep it moving. Yeah, yeah, definitely wrote them off. Um, speaking of Chelsea, two one winners over Leicester. Uh, ten men for most of the game. Conor Gallagher, I think, got sent off in the thirtieth minute, if I remember correctly. Uh, two yellow cards, terrible fouls, very, to give very away. stupid um, challenges, dumb. very like, stupid, not smart. And it sucks for him. It's his home debut, home starting debut for him. Um, didn't look good, but. Chelsea still controlled basically that entire game. Maybe like the last 10 minutes when Leicester was trying to push for an equalizer. Yeah. Let's say give it to them there. But, dude, Leicester are bad. Yeah. Now it, they're losing to Fofana to Chelsea. If that's true. It, it is true. It's, it's, it ain't it's, getting good. Yeah. Yeah, look, they, 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 they controlled the majority of that game, even down to 10 men. Um, they're definitely unfortunate to go down early on. Sterling cut him from the left and, and uh, tried to curl one in the far corner, which took an unfortunate deflection. And, um, looped over the keeper and put Chelsea 1-0 up. But once Leicester pegged back that first goal to make it 2-1, it definitely was all in their court at that moment in time. Um, unfortunate not to get the equalizer. I believe there was a clearance off the line as well as Iosi I- Perez hitting, crossbar hit. hitting the crossbar yeah. and Mendy coming up big with one or two saves, uh, especially well, there was, Colby Vardy. Well, the, yeah, I was going to say there was a, an issue where he like basically – Barnes got in front of him. He headed the ball into the goal, and then Mendy – like they claimed, I guess, via VAR that Mendy. That was when the game for when it first opened. Yeah, he had his yeah, arms but around I, Mendy pulling him down. I mean, that was a bullshit call. Let's be real. It was one hundred percent a foul. He literally pulled. No, him Harvey, down. Harvey had no. his entire. What are you talking about? Did you see no. the recap? Did you see the play? No. no, he got in front of him. Totally got in front of him. <laughs> All right, Mike. <laughs> All right. I'm going to remember that one next time we talk about this guy's probably still saying that Cucurella's hair pull was fair. Honestly, at this stage, (laughs) show me a, show me a Premier league law that says you cannot pull hair. (laughs) Yeah. 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 But um, there you go. Yeah. I mean, he had something in his hair. There was a bug. (laughs) What a nice guy. What a great (laughs) human being. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's no surprise. I mean, Lester is now bottom of the table if memory serves, right? Yeah. One point. Yeah. They're one of the only clubs not to pick up a win yet them and wolves um it's not looking good to say the least i think you're right with your next assumption that you said earlier steve that rogers in my book is probably the next one out the door at this point he's on the hot seat no doubt about it yeah and i mean realistically have you looked at their matches coming up like they're not the easiest in the world. Like, yeah, they have Man U next, and then it's Brighton who's flying right now, followed by an Aston Villa team that could take anyone out on their day, and then Tottenham. So it's it's not like it gets any easier for them. If so, if they lose Man U, who was the second one you named? It would go to Brighton. they'd be away to Brighton. That's if they lose those two and they go to Aston Villa and lose a third, I he he gets fired then. He's gone. Yeah. You'd have to be. if he loses the Villa, he's he's one hundred percent gone. You'd have to be. So, uh, heading over, Man City 4, Palace 2. All of the scoreline reflects a good City game. It was not in that first half. Crystal Palace was actually up 2-0 at halftime. And then Holland and Man City just, you know, took over, as usual. Yeah, I mean, that's what they paid all that money for, right? <laughs> and it pays off. My 30-goal prediction, I'm feeling pretty damn good about it, I'll be honest with you. 
yeah, he looks he looks good for it. It was an OG to start off the scoring too, but I mean that's that's back to back games that City's gone down by two goals. To mm. Newcastle first, they, they were down three one. I know it's ridiculous that it's like they. I I was I was tweeting on the uh, the account at one point and it was two zero and I was like, here comes the City comeback and they scored. Yes. I'm like I jinxed it. I jinxed it so hard. Dude, they do, but like think think of them. They're the never last out. Game last year. Against against Villa, yeah. go down two nil within seven minutes up three two. Yep, they do. They can just is nuts. I, like you can't it's, sit it's deep once you get a, once you get to lead on them because you you know they're going to press you regardless. They're not going to change their game plan. You need to take the game to them at certain points, and that's what Newcastle did and why it worked out for them to keep clawing an extra goal here and there. And unfortunately for Palace, they sat back way too deep, mm-hmm. and at that point, Holland's going to punish you. Yeah, it's. Do you, okay, so take this same game last year. Do you think they get four goals out of that in the second half without Holland? I think you think he's that much of a I difference think maker. Definitely possible, but not probably, nearly as likely. Probably, probably no. Yeah, yeah. I think Holland. I think Holland. I think Holland is that much of a difference maker because you you need to double mark him. Let's let's be real. Yep. Like you need to have two center backs on him. Triple he's the full. He's the whole package. He, got, he has pace. He makes intelligent runs. He's an aerial threat. He can finish with both feet. He can. He can. I mean, the first goal he scored, I believe it was. He did a, make a, a fantastic job of making a run in between the lines and then using his strength to to hold off the central defender who was up his ass for the most part, yeah. and then just bury one past the keeper like as clinical as you get. I mean, that is the hallmark of a top class striker. Like that's that's Robert Lewandowski through and through. Yeah, he's good. Um, <laughs> yeah, not bad. <laughs> moving on. Yeah, he's not bad. Um, moving on, Liverpool 9, Bournemouth nil. This, we mentioned the Scott Parker firing game. Um, do you think this kicks off Liverpool's campaign? Something they just needed? To, like, it just felt like, okay, we're back? Or is it, I, hey, this I, is Bournemouth? I mean, I think it gives you, obviously, a confidence boost. But, I mean, what I read too much into it, like we kind of talked about Bournemouth have been, again, like, Sorry to any Bournemouth listeners, but they've been pathetic. So yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I'd say like it's a, it's a little bit of a boost, but still nine nil is what it's this tied for the most game, goal scored in a single game in Premier League history. They tied themselves. Didn't Big they? Didn't tied they for the biggest line? goal differential win. Goal okay. differential. Yeah. Win. Didn't they do that like last year or two years ago? I thought like they, they did it recently. I could have swore. Um. Didn't they beat the crap out of someone last year? I don't think it was nine nothing. But. No, no, it was Leicester beating Southampton 9-0, and Leicester lost, and then Southampton also lost to Manchester United 9-0 before that, and then it was like correct, yeah, something nine nine nine. Did you see Southampton's tweet after yeah, that were like, match? They were like, no, they no, they 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 tweeted the scoreline and they they tagged um, Berman. It was like, let us know if you want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I love Twitter beef, man. It gets, it's so good. I was like, that's a W admin right there. <laughs> that's how you turn L, like a major L into a big dub, actually. That's just I don't think they way. responded. I didn't look. I wouldn't. You, you got to just take that one. <laughs> yeah, take it and try to keep moving, man. <laughs> no fucks. No fucks given. That's, that's awesome. Um, Brentford won. Everton won. Brentford get a late equalizer, uh, but probably deserved all three points. I think they struck the post or crossbar three yeah, times. Yeah, they, they hit the bar a lot too. I it think was, it was, was that, who scored for them? Was it Gordon also for Everton? 
Gordon he's, scored. He's he was. He's trying to, trying to up he's, that he's, price tag for He scored I, I again know. today, actually. We kept talking all this shit about how all of his goals were deflections. Now he's like going on a roll with great finishes. <laughs> yeah. He's welcome, is what I heard. Vito Jinx. Um, yeah, honestly, Brentford, they look good. It's just in periods of time. And by periods of time, I mean that like the entire first half, usually they're bad. Yeah. They just got to be a slightly more clinical and they, they put themselves in a great position the majority of these yeah. games. They just, they, yeah, just stop getting behind. And honestly, after that happens, if they start gaining some leads, I mean, look what they did to Man U. They overtook the game, got the early lead, ran through it. So um, for Everton, any, any concerns here? It just feels like they can't get a win. Yeah. And now we know why Everton was so reluctant to want to let uh, Gordon go. Obviously he's the only one that's going to be scoring goals from him in the first, for the uh, foreseeable future. I don't know. I, I would like to, to say that I'm worried about Everton, but at the same time, I'm still I'm not getting to see by his performances. Lap. Yes, yeah, yeah. They dropped they dropped that win. That was in their lap towards the end of that match. I think that 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 game tying goal didn't come until what? Like the 82nd minute or something, something super late number. I, I thought yeah, 86, 88, something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was something it was, very, very late. So, like, yeah, that's unfortunate. And that's gonna be a difference between them being in a relegation battle and not just because of whether, whether the fact that they can't close out matches, but I'm not as worried for them this year as I was last year, seeing the quality of performances that's going in last year. It just felt like every single thing was going wrong. Like the wheels were off and this, it just feels like now they're going in the right direction. Just can't get that final piece. Yeah. 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 Uh, moving on Brighton one nil over Leeds at home. Uh, they continue their great form start to the season Leeds Honestly, never felt like they got into this one. And then um, plus later, like late on in the game, uh, Luis Santera was a uh, substitute and missed from basically just point blank range at that point. Kind of feel like feel like that sealed the deal uh, for the Brighton dub. Um, letdown for Leeds or we I don't know me and Mike. I know Vito, you had them winning it based off their hot streak, but me and Mike kind of I feel like we both saw the Grand Potter uh, yeah. show happening on this one. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, Brighton's on a, Brighton's on a roll. They they played pretty well in this match. I think they deserved it overall. Yeah, I mean, it's. I just think like to the to what we talked about earlier. I think Potter is just tactically superior. Like he's he's good. He's, he's very good at mirroring and mimicking what a team's gonna do, and then finding a counter punch on how that team likes to play and counter press. Yeah. So it's it's hard to game plan against a Grand Potter team unless you have like not to say Leeds don't have quality players, but unless you have like experienced quality players, you're pro- you're probably gonna be taking a more negative result do you think graham potter makes a move this season no. on the, on the at, at the end of the year no i feel like he just loves brighton they love him pay him I, his money i think it's but, enough strong performances he could earn it i think he's already earned within it. the I, premier I, league within i, the I think league. i think he's already earned it i think if a team came calling he would seriously listen i know spurs before they hired conte were, were interested mm-hmm. in potter but he said do you no, think he succeeded no, as well though point. Do you think he'd succeed as well or as, as as good as he is at Brighton at another at a top club though? I, I don't know if I get that vibe from him. Not a team that prioritizes fluidity and attack, but more of a grinding team like a team like Spurs, a team like Chelsea that build off a strong defense and are, are comfortable sitting back and are happy with pressure. So I think like if if I mean, tell me if you guys think otherwise, but the way it's going right now, Tugel is on the hot seat. And Dude, he's firing himself. Yes. It's the same thing happened at PSG. He's like, oh, we didn't make enough signings. Now we're bringing in 14 defenders, and that's going to solve everything? Like, Yeah. 
we didn't get into that, but I, I, I 100% agree with you. He's on the hot seat. And and if things don't like, yeah, I know, I know Manchester United has had a great result against Liverpool, and they just squeaked out this 1-0. But Ten Hag will be in the in the in the hot seat as well for a while, and I can see both of those clubs being teams that would be in for Graham Potter at the end of the season if the managerial change was on. Do you want to know? So I don't want to get too much back into this. Do you want to know the honest reason I don't I don't think Pulisic got sold? Was I don't think Bully is is guaranteeing Tuchel a job, and I think he wants to have the player stay longer than the manager. Yeah, I guess that's that that I don't know if I'm reading too deep into that and like kind of going down like a loophole, but that that's personally just my opinion of, it. and that's the only reason why Pulisic did not move teams. Interesting. We'll see. I just don't think he thinks two goals of the man or maybe he's making him prove it first and then he'll sell him afterwards. So yeah. anyway, uh, Arsenal two, Fulham one, a late Gabriel goal in the 86th minute, stole all three points. Arsenal remain the only undefeated team. Are they legit? Yes. Mm, they're legit, but I think the performances flatter them given the teams they've played. So thus far, they've had a, a pretty easy schedule thus far. So Again, like the great performances, they're getting the points they need, but like title tender legit, probably not. Um, I think once you start seeing them play like more of those like classic big six teams, that's when time will tell. But until then, I don't see it. Yeah, and their their lineup is pretty sparse in terms of uh, like a conjoint. Like some of these teams have a very congested schedules with big six clubs coming in at them at, at you know back to back weeks. Arsenal doesn't have that for the most part for the rest of the year. Yeah. Interesting. I think well, good for the, one, the one player, though, who I'm, I've been really impressed with since, since joining, and I, I felt like he would be a, a monster, was Sal- Saliba. He's been – he has not put a, really a foot wrong except for, like, the one yeah. own goal he had. I think it was, like, like, like the first out. match. Yeah, he's been unbelievable. He um, was he was young play, young player of the year back in league uh, league one, right? Or now? He was, yeah. Last year? In France. He, he was a, yeah. He was, he's, he's a fucking monster. Uh, Villa nil, West Ham won. West Ham got their first one in this season. Good for them. Maybe they can get back on track with that. David Moyes definitely needed it. Uh, we kind of mentioned it already. Mike said he thinks Gerard is possibly the next manager to get fired. How uh, how much trouble do you think Villa really are? They had some big money over the last two summers and not really gotten results. Honestly, I think they're. I mean, look, you get all that money from Jack Grealish, the 100 mil. You lose your best player to City. Like, it was inevitable it was going to happen. You bring in Gerard because you were going through almost a relegation battle with um, Steve Bruce, right? That was Dean the manager. Dean, Dean no, Smith. Prior, prior to him, right? And, and to be honest, like they had that little bump when Gerard started. But since that point, you know, they honestly have, much. They have not seen much. They have not – like they've had opportunities and moments and games, but they've – not been clinical enough in those games. Um, and I mean, you spend that amount of money on all the players they brought in, you expect them to be a cohesive unit after a whole summer of Gerard getting to coach them at this point. And it's very worrying, especially given the fact statistically, he's now, I believe their worst win percentage manager. I don't know how much longer like a team can really hold out after seeing those types of numbers. So, yeah, I, I think Mike's hit it right on the head. I mean, when you look at the players they brought in, the money they spent, and the quality in their lineup, you have to say they're more talented than the vast majority of mid-table teams and obviously the bottom contenders. Like they, This is a team that has the quality to be fighting for a 9-10 guaranteed. 
and the, the performances are just not there to match the quality on the lineup sheet. And at that point, it just seems like a manager issue. Yeah. But again, like, who do you bring in this early? Do you wait? There's all these questions. There's all these questions, obviously, but I feel like this might be one of those scenarios where you want to get the best out of these players and maybe you pull the trigger sooner than later. I don't say as soon as the end of August, but you know, like with Scott Parker situation, but that's well, Scott that, is looking for another job. So just saying Aston Villa. It's not going to be Aston Villa. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think you give Gerard till the end of October. I know their next two games with Arsenal and Manchester City are difficult, but then you talk about a run in with Leicester, Southampton, Leeds, Nottingham Forest, Fulham, Brentford, and Newcastle. Like those are all winnable games for this team. If you can't get results by the end of October against those guys, then you got to pull the trigger. If you get, I would say like halfway through that stretch, that easier stretch, you got to kind of adjust. Uh, you know, adjust your thoughts on it. Like, around yeah. there. yeah. I mean, listen, they pull anything against Arsenal and city props to you even better, <laughs> but we'll go from there. Uh, Wolves won Newcastle one wolves are minutes away from their first one of the year. Uh, unfortunately a 90th minute goal from St. Maximum gave Newcastle a point. Banger. They also could have gotten all fucking three. banger banger of a goal. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, definitely nice. On the volley. <sighs> yeah, it was unbelievable. The fucking balls yeah. in a ninety-something minute to do that. Oh my god! Feels Only good. a guy with a Gucci headband. <laughs> <laughs> fair, very fair. Um, I felt like it was a fair result for the game, at least for the most part. Um, I also thought Newcastle could have won the last couple, even later than that goal. I think they ended up hitting the crossbar. So, um, these are the kind of games that I feel like Newcastle, if they want to push towards what they really are like assuming, or I think their aspirations might be. They kind of got to grab all three from, but a point away at Wolves also still in itself is typically not a bad result. No, it's a, the, the, mon- the mono is a tough place to play, but um, <laughs> Wolves again, like they're not like a terrible team. I think it's a it's a good result for Newcastle. So, and then the last game of the weekend, Forest nil, Spurs two. Mike, you want to take that one away? Yeah, honestly, it was a game that Spurs got very lucky. They scored first got a little scuff shot by Harry Kane, which just kind of snuck past Dean Henderson because for the majority of the game, you kind of got the impression that Forrest were really taking it to Spurs and Spurs were just happy to kind of be content and let them take their chances and say like, okay, like it's almost like you're like just betting that somebody can't hit a shot. Cause you're like, I think you're that bad. I'm going to give you the ball and take all your shots outside you want of the box. Cause I don't think you're going to hit it. I think if they're playing a better team, that would definitely be a different scoreline because you can't just give up possession like that. But Spurs snuck it out, got the second goal via a sweet Richarlison outside the cross to Harry Kane at the back post for a little little header. And then uh, Richarlison himself got upended after doing some keep up jug- juggles in the middle of the game. Deservedly so. Hysterical to see. So <laughs> all for it. Bring it on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a solid win. And I think it kind of speaks to I guess Spurs in particular. Um, I think it speaks to the fact that I, I I think that they're going to be top three. I think that these are the types of games where like they don't play well. They're grinding out results, and they have been doing that this first half of the season, so, first quarter of the season so far. Um, and they're all, honestly they're only going to get more cohesive and better on the attack and be more clinical. So I think for Forest from Forest's perspective, good game. Um, they just were super unlucky with some of the chances they've had, and they have to be more clinical themselves. And I hate Harry Kane because I capped him that week and he could have had a hat trick instead he missed a penalty. Yeah, well, Dean, Henderson made, Dean, Dean, right? Henderson, Dean Henderson made a great save. That was unbelievable. Yeah, yeah great that was so sick. The hat is undefeated. It was a great Dean celebration. Yeah. yeah. 
Great celebration. It's like, wasn't that like it's a about fancy though? He has never been scored on while wearing a hat, apparently. <laughs> penalties or some shit like that. I don't know. And the sun is at a 35 degree angle. Yeah. And he's in the south. And the PK Taker is facing south, southwest. <laughs> Last name starting with a four. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm going to take first place crown right now, currently in fantasy. Appreciate it. I'm getting my um, ass whooped. Yeah, you are. Uh, just let's, let's head over to the match previews for the next week. Let's kind of just get this thing rolling. We get running a little short on time here. Um, first up, Everton versus Liverpool. Uh, Merseyside Derby. It's pretty much about it. Anything other than Liverpool win here? No, that's it. Alrighty. Uh, Chelsea hosting West Ham. Kind of an interesting one. Both teams floundering a little bit. West Ham grabbing off a nice W. And uh, Chelsea, pretty bad loss against Southampton today. Any thoughts? I think it's going to end up as a draw. I would agree. On the slide. I'd agree. Draw. Kind of feeling that as well. Uh, interesting one here. Brentford versus Leeds. Wide open game. Yeah, uh, I think this is like we were saying where Brentford get a little bit more clinical. Um, I think they walk away with three points here versus Leeds. Leeds have been playing good, but I think Brentford's going to catch them on the counter here. Interesting. I'll be going the reverse way. I'm going to actually take a Leeds win here. Yeah, I'm not going to vote against my guys. Jesse Marsh till I die, baby. Yeah. Um, Newcastle hosting Palace. Pretty good game. Another really good game. Well matched. Draw. Yeah, I think so, too. These teams are playing out of their skulls right now, and I think are pretty evenly matched. Zaha versus St. Maxim is going to be very fun to watch. Ooh. Give me a Newcastle win, at, being that they're at home there. Sorry, pals. I love you. Um, Force versus Bournemouth. Damn, Scott could have made it to this game. That would have been great for him. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, Forrest looked really good. Uh, Bournemouth, you expect him to give some type of performance, but I'm, I know I was ripping on Forrest earlier in the year with all the signings they made, but so far they look kind of cohesive and – I think they're going to continue that, take a W versus Bournemouth. Yep. I'm going to take a draw here. Bournemouth fights back. A little bit of heart. Bounce back, you know. New manager. Uh, Spurs, I, pre, preseason, I would have said there's not, not too much about this one, but the way Fulham's been playing, Spurs, Spurs hosting Fulham. I'm going to take a draw. I think it's a Spurs win. They typically do really well against newly promoted sides. Conte does well against promoted sides. The way that Fulham love to get forward – I think it leads them exposed. So, yeah, you forgot about the other side. There's this guy called Mitrovic. Again, you give Mitrovic a lot of those chances that Nottingham had this past weekend. He probably puts away one or two, but I think Spurs will be a little bit more clinical. Guys on a roll, man. Another goal today, uh, today as in uh, Tuesday. I, I'm, I'm taking a draw here. I'm with Steve on this. I think it's going to be, they have a little bit more quality than Nottingham. I think it's going to go that way. Cool. Uh, Wolves versus Southampton. God, this really feels like it should be a Southampton win like recently. It's a trap game. It's such a trap game. Give me the Wolves. <laughs> I'm going to say a draw. All right. Villa hosting City. I mean. City. <laughs> Just, sorry. No better revenge. question. Does no Holland score a hat trick or a brace or not? That's that's what we got really, really debate. Just a brace. Just a mild brace. Just a brace on this one? All right. I'm going to triple captain him maybe. Who knows? Um, Brighton versus Leicester. Brighton. Brighton. Draw. You just want to be different. Um, <laughs> Man U versus Arsenal last game of the week weekend. Arsenal's first big test right here, right? Yep. First yeah. kind of, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I'd say so. Yeah, Quote, unquote, would... big six, yes. Yeah, first Quote big unquote. test of the season. Um, 
It's going to be interesting. Two tactical masterminds going head to head. One who draws hearts and brains holding hands and Amazon documentaries and one. <laughs> <laughs> I was curious where you were going with that for a second. <laughs> have, you, have you not seen that picture? Of what no, I haven't seen here? that. Yeah, uh, you got to look it up. It's hysterical. <laughs> um, and then obviously the, I guess, other pep with the bald, the baldness, Eric Ten Hag. Um, yeah, I, I think we're gonna see a. I think we're gonna see a Man U win. I'm gonna call that. We go. We got Arsenal win. Yeah, I'm with Steve on this. I think Arsenal are flying, and, and regardless of United's wins, they haven't done it very cleanly. I think they. Yeah, if I'm Arsenal, I feel like they smell blood. The high press is gonna be on early. They're gonna try to capitalize on like what Brentford did, and then I don't. Know, I feel I'm feeling the. I don't want to say a slaughter by any means, but I definitely feel like a comfortable Arsenal win here, maybe two nil, three yeah. something like that. Anything else, though, boys? Any kind of final thoughts? Mm. For me, man. Missed a couple of the results from today, but just to call them out, Palace Brentford 1-1. Fulham got a win against Brighton. Southampton, your boys, lost to – or they've got beaten. So They won. Chelsea, Chelsea did. So they won. They won. Chelsea got Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Leeds Everton 1-1 draw. So just a couple things we missed. But besides that, all good. Alrighty. Well, that'll do it for this episode of the Sunday League Screamers podcast. Like, comment, hit the bell, subscribe to us on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, and wherever else you find your podcast. Also follow us on Twitter at the SL Screamers underscore pod for daily tweets about the show, the Premier League, United States men's national team, and world football in general. I'm your host, Steve, with Mike Avito, signing off.